Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837, and FSP, dedicated to food service excellence. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, our readings today are all about prayer. Prayer is one of the most important topics we can talk about. In fact, in my years of pastoral work and going around giving talks and so on, so often people ask me about prayer. How do you pray? What is prayer? Why isn't it working? You know, a lot of practical questions about prayer. And I often think, well, Jesus too was asked about prayer. Lord, teach us how to pray, his disciples say. It's right near the heart of the Christian life. Well, the gospel is Jesus' response to that request when he gives us the great prayer, the Our Father. What I want to do, though, in light of that reading and the first reading, is to lay out for you four laws of prayer. I think as the Bible discusses prayer, it does so in terms of certain laws, requirements, things that just seem to have to be in place for prayer to be efficacious and effective. Rule number one. You have to pray with faith. I just think it's reiterated up and down the Bible, Old Testament and New. When you pray, you have to pray with faith. Have you noticed how often in the New Testament, before Jesus heals someone, he'll say, do you believe I can do this for you? Remember too that account of his visit to his hometown, when people there didn't believe in him. And it says he could work very few miracles there because of their lack of faith. Remember that great line from the Lord, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to that mountain, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would obey you. If you had just a little smidgen of faith, you could affect enormous things. Why is this? I mean, why does God need our faith? I mean, couldn't God do whatever he wants independently of our faith? Well, yeah, I suppose. But I always think of it this way. Our faith is like the opening of a window. God wants to live in us. God wants to act in us, of course. But faith is like the opening of this conduit to God, as though the divine power is not going to flow unless and until God finds a place in us where he can plug in, you know, where he can establish a link. And I think that's faith. If we shut that down, if we, we don't have faith, then it's as though the divine power can't get into us. If you want to see this on display even to the, this day, look in the healing ministry. Now, I know there are a lot of charlatans who work in this healing area who take advantage of people's credulity and gullibility. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about people who really are sincerely and with deep faith involved in the healing ministry. It's as though certain people have this gift 
to open wide this window to their hearts. They can open wide in this attitude of faith. And it allows God's power to flow into them and through them to others. Faith is a conduit of the divine power. Notice, please, how this great prayer of Jesus opens. You know, we say, Our Father, and it sounds very formal. In Jesus' language, Abba. Abba, Daddy. Daddy in heaven. You know? There's someone praying in deep faith, in confidence that God will act. So we should pray. So we should pray. For great things like world peace, you know, and for little things. Like a child. We want something from God. We approach Him as a child approaches Daddy with that same openness of spirit. How about this line from the 11th chapter of Mark? I find this extraordinary. Jesus says, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Huh. Huh. Whatever you ask for, believe right away that you've already received it and you will. What's our problem? Why doesn't prayer work? Well, one very basic, simple, biblical answer is lack of faith. We don't pray like children. We don't believe it. We're a little bit embarrassed even to be asking God for things. Well, that's like closing a window. It's like unplugging a plug. It's like shutting off the power supply. Faith is necessary for prayer. That's rule one. Second rule, forgiveness. Forgiveness? What do you mean? That seems a little bit odd, doesn't it? Well, it's all over the Bible. Listen in the Gospel of Mark again. The Lord says, when you stand praying, if you have a grievance against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in Heaven might forgive you. Notice the juxtaposition. When you're praying and you realize you need to forgive somebody, go do it. The implication is your prayer will not be efficacious as long as you are holding grudges. More famously in Matthew's Gospel, the Lord says, If when you are bringing your gift to the altar, you suddenly remember that your brother has a grievance against you, Leave your gift before the altar. First go and make your peace with your brother. Same principle, Christians. Same principle. You've come to the altar to do what? To pray. Seek communion with God. But you realize there's somebody that I have a grudge against. Someone's become my enemy. Someone I've not forgiven. Leave your gift. Go get reconciled. Then come back. Once more, and again, this is lost in the deep mystery of God. I can't fully explicate this. It's like a rule of physics, though. Somehow, if there is a lack of forgiveness in you, it blocks the movement of God in you. Perhaps simply because God is love. You know? So what's opposed to love in us blocks the flow of God's power and God's life. Clear it up. It's like a vein or an artery that's been clogged. You clean it out or the blood won't flow. Reconcile. Then pray. And see if your prayer is not more efficacious. 
You know, I'm speaking here to myself as much as to you. We all have right now grudges that we nurse, people that we're fighting with, struggling with, that we won't forgive. Perhaps that's why our prayer is not efficacious. Forgive, forgive, then pray. You know, here's one bit of advice, by the way. For most of us, when we're having a grudge against somebody we're not forgiving, it's because we feel slighted. We feel that an injustice has been done to us and we resent it. You want a good cure for this feeling? Kneel or sit or stand before the cross of Jesus. What do you see there? The greatest injustice ever committed. The innocent Son of God is nailed to a cross. There's the ultimate injustice. What does He do? He forgives those who nailed Him to the cross. Christians, meditate upon that for one minute, and I'd be willing to bet your sense of being treated unjustly will kind of fade away. It won't seem that important, you know? So forgive. Third rule of prayer. So we've got faith, forgiveness. Third rule, persistence. All over the Bible, Old Testament and New, God wants us to persist in prayer. Our first reading for today, and if we had time, we'd look at it in more detail, but is that famous account of Abraham praying to God on behalf of Sodom. Lord, if there are 50 in Sodom who are righteous, would you spare the city? Yes. Lord, who am I to be pursuing this? But if there are 45, would you? Yes. How about 30? Yes. Lord, I, I'm, I'm dust and ashes. Who am I? But if there are 25? And Abraham goes on and on, persistently, persistently asking of God. And then this from the Gospel. Jesus said to them, If one of you knows someone who comes to him in the middle of the night and says to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. And from inside he should reply, Leave me alone. My door is shut now. My children and I are in bed. I can't get up to look after you. I tell you, even though he does not get up and take care of the man because of friendship, he will find himself doing so because of his persistence. And so I say to you, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock, it shall be opened to you. You prayed. You've not gotten what you wanted. Pray more. You still haven't gotten what you wanted. Pray again. You still haven't gotten it. Pray, pray, pray. Ask, ask, knock, in season and out. Weeks, months, years. Yes, keep praying, keep asking. Be persistent with the Lord. Now, how come? Well, not because God's deaf. Not because God is a busy CEO and He hasn't paid attention to you so far. Not because... Like sometimes when people call me and I'll say, oh gosh, I can't get to that. They call again, they call a third time, and finally I respond, well, that's because of my weakness or my lack of charity. That's not true of God. So how come God makes us wait? Here's St. Augustine's great answer. Sometimes God makes us wait because He wants our hearts to expand so as to receive the good He wants to give us. Look, suppose God places in your heart a desire. It's a good desire. Good, good. So you pray. 
What if it's answered right away? Okay, thanks. You know, thank you, Lord. But I don't really appreciate what I've been given. But now I wait for a week, a month, a year, five years. All the time, my heart longing, longing for this good. So that finally when it comes, I'm ready. So ask persistently. Last rule of prayer, the fourth one. Pray in Jesus' name. Pray in Jesus' name. How can we pray that way? Because He told us, listen, anything you ask in My name, I will do. If you ask anything in My name, I will do it. Strong word, pretty clear. Notice please how in all our liturgical prayer, this principle is respected. Whenever we conclude a prayer, we always say, through Christ our Lord. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. In Jesus' name. We always pray that way, because He told us so. Is He a heavenly intercessor? Yes, and we're relying on that. We're relying on His help. But also, Christians, I'd say this. When you pray in Jesus' name, you are aligning your prayer properly. Lord, please give me a Maserati. I pray in Jesus' name. Well, it doesn't really make sense, does it? Lord, I pray for vengeance on my enemies, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Well, no, that's not in Jesus' name. Those prayers are out of line with Jesus. To pray in Jesus' name is to pray for the right things, because we're praying, therefore, in the right spirit. And therefore, we're tending to pray for the kinds of things God wants us to pray for. So, four laws. When you pray, do so in faith. When you pray, forgive someone that you're warring with. When you pray, do it persistently. When you pray, do it in Jesus' name. And God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. Most interment arrangements at the 42 Archdiocese of Chicago cemeteries are made through a pre-need plan. Your thoughtful planning today is economically prudent and contributes to peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Catholic Cemeteries counselors are available at your convenience. For more information, call 708-449-6100. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.